What is going on, guys? We are back here for another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Pod, uh, and today we're gonna we we made it. It's been a long, windy road, and probably the weirdest and I'm not gonna say worst, but definitely weirdest NBA season um, of all time. But we are here, Miami Heat, LA Lakers, and uh, we have longtime podcast veteran Tyler Howell returning to break it all down with me. Tyler, it's always weird, dude. I I hate it because I got I might have to start doing introductions like separate because I jump on these calls with Tyler or whoever comes on and we like chop it up for five ten minutes and then I have to pretend like we didn't just do that. But Tyler, how you I doing, know, bro? I know. I'm doing well, bro. Good. And, uh, we're finally here. We, we somehow are. we made it. Like, uh, what, what was it? It was like. It's been like five months since the season shut down at this point. We finally yeah. the finals. Yeah, and this I mean, we're we're coming up on almost even like a a year since the season like started. Where it's gonna be just short of a year, I believe. But just short of a year. Uh who would have thought Miami Heat, LA Lakers, and and here we are. I mean, maybe LA Lakers. I mean probably LA Alex, Lakers. But Alex Hearn did. Yes, you're right. Shout out Alex Hearn. And and I think Let's first start with their journey. I think I think it's probably one of the most awesome, fun, whatever adjective you want to use, stories we've seen in the NBA in so long because you have no superstars, really. I mean, you can call maybe Jimmy Butler. You can call Bam a budding superstar. But, you know, prior to this year, no, no superstars. Um, you have just a team full, like, full of depth. And I think... With, with this Miami Heat team, I think the thing that's so fascinating for me is, like, one, you saw the trade they made, I think, is so underrated. I don't know why that doesn't get more. Maybe it does. But I, I that trade they made to get Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala for Justice Winslow, and I don't know if they attached a pick. They, they had to probably have attached a pick. But I'm not sure. I can look it up. Okay. Going. But, but either way, I mean, those two in a close-it-out game, and, and yes, Jay Crowder has struggled with his shot recently, but Jay Crowder and Niggy played 62 minutes in that close-out game six. We're a plus 20. Um, they've been huge. You you essentially got a, a whole offseason for, for Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and, and even if you want to say Bam, like obviously Bam was amazing during the regular season, and I don't necessarily think maybe his jump was as big as Duncan Robinson's or Tyler Heroes. I mean, Tyler Hero is the, the biggest jump for sure. But you you now, you had that, and they, they used that as an offseason. It was clear they used that as an offseason. They're much better players than they were. Um, and they're coming into this still as, as pretty big dogs. And I understand, you know, you're going up against LeBron James. But um, I, I just love this team. I, I love what they stand for. I, I love every single player on the team. And, and and then I forgot to mention Goron just suddenly becoming an all-star too. So, um, I and then you you have that colliding with the LA Lakers, with LeBron James. And, and one thing that I wanted to touch on, which is a lot of people get mad at the media when they say, you know, LeBron deserves extra whatever brownie points, whatever you want to call it, for navigating this season because of Kobe. And I I understand you shouldn't now say that, okay, 
I, I, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is, is I think it has been hard. I, I, th- I understand other people were close to Kobe, but that it was like that franchise lost a son, and maybe it wasn't all on Bron to help smooth that process. But I, I, he did have to take some of that on, and I think he deserves credit. And I think very easily, you know, things could have gone wrong in these playoffs. And it would have been a very easy excuse for Braun. And, and I'm not saying, you know, other people didn't have to deal with that either. I'm, I'm not saying that. But uh, I do think what has happened to this point is very, very impressive from Braun. I, I, I had the Clippers. And and you, LeBron has just shown when the chips are down, he is the best player in the world still. And shame on me for even saying, for even hinting that Kawhi may have taken that. Um, it's clear now he hasn't. He's elevated a team that I don't even think is the most talented team around him that he's had, even though AD is, is an amazing talent. Um, and and here we are. We, we got him against Spo. We got his old coach. And I, I, I mean, it's been Warriors past five, but the, I, I, I'm very, very excited for this finals. And I, I really think this goes seven, and I'm very excited to talk about it with you. Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. I, I just wanted to wrap up that tra- Jake yeah, so, trade. Yeah, so it was a three-team deal. So Miami traded Justice Winslow, James Johnson, and Deion Waiters to Memphis. The Grizzlies sent Iggy, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill to the Heat. And then the Grizzlies traded James Johnson to Minnesota. the Timberwolves for Gorgie J. Um, and then Dion was obviously bought out by the Grizzlies and signed with the Lakers. Yep. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm excited for it. I mean, the storylines are endless with this finals, mm-hmm. um, which obviously nobody expected, but we're here now. Spo is finally getting the national credit that I think he deserves for being an incredible coach, maybe the best in the league. I don't know. It's all opinionated. Yep. But um, yep. no, I, I, I think that this will be the Lakers' toughest task. Um, in the postseason, at least I, up to this point, I was thinking. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I, I definitely think the Heat are the the better, the best team that they'll have faced. Who do you think has faced the tougher? I know it's kind of weird because you're aggregating aggregating three teams, and and obviously the Lakers' dominance was part of why some of these teams didn't look as great. But who do you think has played the tougher opponents? With the Heat playing the Bucks. Winning in five, the the Pacers in four. Now, obviously, the Celtics in six. Lakers face the Blazers, Rockets, and Nuggets. Oh, definitely, definitely the Heat. I don't really think it's that close either. Um, okay. I know they dismantled the Pacers. Obviously, the Pacers had those injury concerns, but I do think the Pacers. Yeah, you have love for the Pacers. Than the Blazers were. Um, yeah. The Blazers had their injury problems as well, uh, but that team played absolutely no defense. I don't know how the Lakers lost the first game. Looked like they were sleepwalking, um, but I think the Pacers yeah. were formidable. They they at least had a solid rotation, whereas the Blazers really relied on two guys. Um, and then obviously they faced the Bucks, who had the best record in the league this season, and utterly dominated the Bucks. Um, from my view, and then beat a really, really good Celtics team that's been there before. Um, They have, actually. Kemba hasn't, but that Celtics team has been. 
those guys have been to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years. Yeah. Um, so they've been there before. And I know that I picked the Heat before the series. I think you did as well. I did. I, I had seven, you had six. Prop, that was... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... This team, and we talked about it last podcast, when a team gets on the type of run that the Heat are on with this extended yes. dominance, it's tough to pick against them. You know, I mean, you can I, sense I, it, Celtics, I, I think Celtics are probably a more talented team. They're definitely a more talented team. Based on the body of work, too? Like. Right. Definitely, and it shows in the record. I mean, that the Celtics had a better record than the Heat did this year. Granted, the Heat only had a couple games worth of playing with Right. They're playing essentially not just with obviously, you know, teams add new personnel, but but this heat system has been completely revamped offensively because Jay Crowder now allows a four who can space it. And now they move Bam to the five and Myers is now not even playing. But Myers is still locked in on the bench. He's he's looking like an elite teammate on the bench. He's always I love watching his reaction. Um, But go ahead. Go ahead. More about like the narrative of what like the, the, the narrative of the Heat is like they have this incredible culture. Everybody's bought into Spolstra and mm-hmm. Pat Riley and Jimmy Butler's sort of mo. That's just what he is. This tough guy works hard. Wasn't a lotto pick. You know, didn't go to a big name university. Uh, whatever. Did you know Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder were on the same team in college? I did. Yeah. I did, which is dope. Good for them. Um, but. I want to I want to kind of tone that down just a little bit, okay? Okay. Because the Heat, yes, I know they didn't have Crowder, and I know they didn't have Iguodala, but they did have the majority of the parts on their team all season, and they were still the middle of the pack in the East. Mm-hmm. And then they go on this run in the postseason, and now everybody's like. You know, the, the Heat just have this toughness. It's going to be tough okay. for the Lakers to, to beat that. So, so do you think that the narrative has shifted too far to where it's like this, that the Heat are this unstoppable force? Okay, so I think first thing to to note before I dive, because I actually have a, an answer that I think fits perfectly. I think first off, as a Lakers fan, you probably are going to st- – I don't know how to uh, – because I see it as a Warriors fan. You know, if I I see something attacking Steph or the Warriors, I'm more prone to think that that's what a lot of people think. I still feel like the majority of things I see on Twitter – and, yes, the narrative is still Heat, very tough team. But I feel like the majority of what I've seen on Twitter is still – maybe not that the Lakers are going to handle them easily, but that the Lakers should – not maybe not even – I don't even know if I'm going to use the word comfortably – but pretty close to comfortably win this series. But I, I know what you mean in that, you know, they're on this run. And I, I really think what that comes down to is what I said earlier. I, I think Tyler Hero is seven times better than what he was back when the Heat were what they were during the regular season. I think Duncan Robinson is better I don't know how much better, but better, more confident in what he's doing. I, I know Goran Dragic is, is playing four to five times better. And and even Bam Adebayo, he was great during the regular season and an all-star. I mean, I, I think it's it really wasn't that close. He was the best player in that Celtic series. Like, it, it was ridiculous the things he was doing on, on, on both ends of the ball. It wasn't just defense. And... I, I didn't think Bam Adebayo was capable of, of of that sort of impact 
this at this age at this point right now. So I, I I understand when you say, okay, they were this during the regular season. Like, okay, you, you, there's a certain point where we're we're overdoing this, but I I just think they are genuinely be as a result of a, a couple guys being becoming better and using that time just a lot better. And, and you can't really do that with the Lakers because a lot of those guys are cemented in who they are. I think Caruso could probably get better. I, I, I would have hoped Kuzma, you know, I, and I still feel for him. You know, that's, that's a really tough role, but at the same time, like he, he's still somewhat, he, he looks like that young, like you're going to play pickup and there's that, young kid like someone's brother that comes and joins you who's who's actually pretty talented and, and probably more talented than you were at that age but just isn't all quite there and, and he he just seems so far away from being like this guy you can count on night after night despite showing at times flashes of, of really impressive offensive potential and I think he's gotten better defensively um, but for me I mean Tyler Hero's averaging it's not just scoring. It's not just shooting. He's averaging – he averaged in that Eastern Conference Finals 19-6-5 on 52% shooting. Like, that is, like, borderline all-star level. Like, there, I know maybe numbers are a little bit higher right now, but that's crazy, you know? And and so yeah. I, I just think they're, they're a lot better than they were during the regular season. And then you go into Jay Crowder. Um, real quick, I, I, I wanted to ask you – this and this is kind of random but i i thought about it and i think if you asked this pick asked this five six months ago there would have been a clear answer and i think there's i think there's a clear answer now would you rather have the first pick in the draft this year or tyler hero tyler hero i mean obviously it would have been different five or six months ago but i mean i was high on hero to begin with I mean, when was that podcast that we did months and months and months ago? I mean, I didn't know he would be doing this right now. And, dude, if he was this good all year long, he would have been the rookie of the year. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, (laughs) I I almost see, like, I see Kuzma and I see Hero, where they both have this same crazy confidence level, but you have Hero hitting the shots and Kuzma breaking the shots. So it's just... It's funny just seeing those two um, guys. I mean, and it's, it's but, interesting because Kuzma had these expectations going into it. Maybe Hero didn't. So probably Kuzma bears that weight on his shoulder and probably can't play as freely as Hero can. But, but dude, I, I, mean, I Tyler, you can tell even with Kuzma, you mentioned the confidence thing, which I agree with. And I think you need to have that to be successful. But I, I don't see a fear with Tyler Hero. I don't see a fear to fail. And I see a fear to fail at times with Kuzma. You know, and I, I think that's the biggest di- difference between the two is Tyler Hero. And, and maybe that's a result of the teammates he has. And I don't, maybe that's not just all Tyler Hero's mental toughness versus Kyle Kuzma's mental toughness. I, I think the Heat have, like we talked about the culture, I think they have created a culture where if you put in the work, and you obviously you have the skills too. They're gonna empower you. I mean, I, it's crazy to see Jimmy Butler is his big brother, and I, I love seeing that. Um, but yeah, yeah, Kuz is Kuz has the confidence, but I, I also don't. I another thing that's been so impressive, and and Hero has turned the ball over. I, I'm excited to see Hero Rondo. You know, I because Rondo the vet. You know, 
hearing a lot of, he's he's gonna get in after him but um hero's just so much more confident confident with the ball than kuzma you just in terms of putting it on the floor yeah um for yeah, better or for it, 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 it's incredibly frustrating i mean uh, yeah i think his role will be incredibly interesting to watch um in this series and they're gonna need him i think but I, it, it's interesting because the, the Lakers have proven that they can win with, you know, average performances from Kuzma. I mean, we haven't really seen a Kuzma game yet, correct me if I'm wrong, in this postseason, and they haven't needed it so far. Right. They might end up needing it against the Heat, who obviously have a powerful and potent offense. Um, but up to this point, the Lakers haven't needed Kuzma as that third scoring option, and they have run train in this playoffs, whereas the Heat have definitely needed Hero. Right. Um, so oh, well, Hero is playing a much... Yeah. Okay, I want I want to shift towards matchups, X's and O's a little bit because... And I have a question for you because we saw in the Houston Rockets series, um, you know, we, we hear, we heard all the time, why is AD so hesitant to go to the five, you know? And then they went and they did that and it, it was effective. Right, and then they shift back to Dwight actually at the five, um, and he was great. I mean, he still makes some of the dumbest. I don't know. He just he just does a lot of dumb shit sometimes. And I I counted at least four times where he inbounded the ball with his foot, like not even like an inch on the line, just like halfway over the line, and the ref didn't see it. I think the the odds on that getting called, Dwight Howard getting called for uh, an inbounding violation. I don't even know what you call it. Or is probably minus two, three hundred for for this next series. But my question to you, um, because I think there's a lot of different ways this could go. First off, are you starting? Are you continuing to start Dwight if you're uh, Frank Vogel? And to no, no. First off, let's let's just have you answer that question. What's the starting lineup for the Lakers in Game One if if you are Frank Vogel? And then what do you think will happen? Well, I think that Vogel has done a great job, and he doesn't get a lot of credit because it's LeBron and it's AD. Um, maybe this just comes from a Lakers bias perspective, but I, I just don't think that Vogel has gotten enough credit for the in-series adjustments that Dude, he has made. I completely agree. Season. It always just goes to Braun. Everything just is Braun's. And, and Braun is a huge reason why the Lakers are successful. But I think Frank Vogel has been so, so underrated during this run. He, he's he been a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. I agree. He really has. And you saw him halfway through the series make the adjustment of saying, hey, you know what? Dwight is busting his ass right now. He needs this playing time. He's the guy that's making an impact. He's giving Jokic hell. Um, so I don't see why he would go away with that or go away from that in the series, and if the first couple games are tough, if he's having trouble guarding the perimeter, which I'm sure they'll probably throw Olenek out there, and he'll have to go guard Olenek. Um, I was going to say, I, uh, so Spo pulled, like, Spo hasn't played Olenek in days. He was he went to Solomon Hill, and yeah, I, I think Olenek comes back. I, I do, but it, it's not like Olenek's this crazy good rebounder, despite the the height, you know? No, but I, I just think if shot, at least in the first couple games, to see what Olenek can give you from the perimeter, pull Dwight outside of the paint, um, and, see, I agree. and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then you get rid of Olenek. But I think that you've got to try and pull Dwight out of the paint. 
I agree. You saw it in the, in the Nuggets series, the rebounding advantages were ridiculous. And that leads me to my next question. That leads me to my next question. Now you're the Heat. I'm assuming Frank Vogel starts uh, the lineup he did against, you know, closing against Denver, where, where Dwight starts at the five. Um, who is guarding Dwight? Who's guarding AD? I think. Yes, this is probably my most interesting, interesting question. I'm not grading my, but but this is what I'm most interested in. Who are you thinking? It's Jay on AD, or do you go Bam, or or who starts no, off? I, I think you have to have Bam on AD to start. See how that goes. And like we talked about last time, try to minimize AD's production um, the best you can, and then rotate whether it's Jay or you'll have Olenek, maybe get Myers Leonard a couple minutes. But dude, you have to you have to have Bam on AD. He's gonna abuse Jay Crowder. He's so much smaller. He's gonna abuse Ke- Kelly Olenek if you put him on AD. Okay, so my here's my thing. I think that's. That's what I think most people think, and I and I understand that completely. But I I think Spo is cheeky, and I think we look at the way they guarded Giannis. As I don't know if it's going to translate, but I I really think they start Jay on him, and it's not going to be a, a one-on-one thing because oh, clearly, yeah, I mean, AD, Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. If you Jay's a decent defender, but. Anthony Davis is going to destroy him. I think they start Jay on him, and and you you shade guys just like you saw in the in the Denver series, right? As soon as AD got posted up back to the basket and started to make his move, even on Jokic, you know, or or Millsap or Jeremy Grant, they would bring doubles. And I I think the Heat are going to start that one because I'm scared Bam Adebayo might get in foul trouble, and two, you like you mentioned, bro. I just feel like Dwight would absolutely feast on the boards if Jay Crowder's is the one checking him. And I feel like Bam and, and they can create instances where you can help off of whoever they're guarding and, and help Jay out. I'm interested to see at opening tip tomorrow who gets the primary assignment because I think conventional I, – I, I feel like we talk about it. I think Bam's probably maybe outside of Anthony Davis, and I, I think I would still probably take Bam, the the perfect guy to guard Giannis. And Jay Crowder had that primary assignment. I think that just leads me to probably think it it'll probably be Jay. But that's the that's the issue when you're comparing. Yeah, I, and I agree with everything you said about how they guarded the Bucks, but. That's what's difficult is you're going to put all this emphasis on AD. What are you going to do with LeBron? And then you would say, okay, you can put Iggy out there and you can put Jimmy Butler out there. But how long can Iggy really be out there against LeBron? And then you have Jimmy Butler and LeBron has had his way with Jimmy Butler. But that's the thing, dude. I I, I don't – and I agree, right? Like you, there's no perfect world where you can take away everything against, against the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Because you can't, and it's so tough. I understand you can't double LeBron because he's the best passer in the league. And if you double LeBron with any, if there's more than three seconds on the shot clock and you double LeBron, he's going to find the open guy. But I think as soon as he gets downhill and you can tell if you don't come, he's going to just go lay it up or dunk it. I, I don't think it's going to be a one-on-one assignment with either of those guys. And I, I think – and I Spo knows a lot better than I do. 
and and every guy on the heap knows a lot better than I do. But I feel like the game plan has to be give up Caruso, KCP, Kuzma, Rondo, open threes. And if they hit them, we're probably going to lose. But, I mean, LeBron James, they, they haven't lost two games in a series. And and primary, most of these teams have not. And, again, you can't just straight double LeBron. It's not that simple because he's just going to make the open play. But I think Spo will be creative enough. And uh, Jimmy Butler and Jay and and Iggy are, are okay enough one-on-one defenders that you can bring certain help at certain times obviously not being super predictable with it and and force other people to just have to make jumpers that's how i would try to live because i I get what you're saying the the theme i think of this postseason for the lakers has been has been their ability to get to the line right because there's just so much bigger than every other team which means that Mm -hmm. the other team's big players are they have to foul them so they're not giving put back layups and dunks and then you see guys like Jokic, guys like Nurkic, guys like P.J. Tucker who are out of the game four minutes into their shift, into their rotation. What happens then? I mean, it's – okay, so you're saying that you would have – you would start the game with Bam on AD and then double AD? No, no, no. I'm starting Jay on AD. Starting Jay on AD. Okay, so what happens five minutes into the game when Jay Crowder has two fouls trying to defend AD on the back down? Well, then we probably got to pull him out. But I, I, I haven't seen AD be this back-down bruiser, you know? Like, you would think that looking at him that, you know, that's what he does. But I have yet to see AD just a game where he back down, back down, bucket, back down, back down. In fact, I, I've seen more games where AD's stroking it like Steph Curry. So I, if that happens, if AD is taking Jay Crowder to school time and time again and – I, I just don't see a scenario in which the Heat allow that. I think then you – you I don't know. Again, d- it depends where AD is posting. You can't say, oh, we'll bring the double with this guy every time. But I, I we'll see. I, I, I just haven't seen AD just be that bruiser um, like I think he could be. But I also – I don't think teams have really let him be that. So that goes back to – So, okay. So- yeah. So I, I just I just want to go back to the foul point really quick. Yeah, which is a fair point. Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I think it's I think it's the most important thing. It's been the most important thing in every series that the Lakers have played so far. Because again, it goes back to what your original point was about this not being the most talented team that LeBron has ever been on. It's it's really not. I mean, they've shown what their hand is. They're just bigger. They're more physical. They're incredible in transition. And, and the transition, bro. I I have been real quick is. It was incredible. You see made baskets, and, and Rondo and Braun are just – they already know as soon as the ball's inbound, it's just boom, boom. It just puts so much pressure on the defense. Right. Um, but go ahead. They, they've shown their hand. It's not like Frank Vogel, some offensive genius. They just know what's what works, and they just keep going to it. And everybody wants to complain about, oh, the refs are on the Lakers' side. The refs are giving this title to the Lakers. That's just a narrative. If you're actually watching the game, the reason they're getting to the line is because they have huge bodies that are bigger than every other team has. And so unless these teams are just going to give up these put-back dunks or these layups, they have to foul. 
And that's probably the better way to go about it to force them to make their free throws. They're not a great free throw shooting team to begin with. But if you look at Jokic's stat line, I'm not saying that Jokic is a great defender. Bam is obviously much superior as a defender than he is. Jokic wasn't able to play 40 minutes a game in any of the series. He only topped 35 minutes one time. And that's why I'm going Jay. It, but, but that's why he was in foul trouble. It was the same thing with Jeremy Grant. It was the same thing with Paul Millsap, who were the three bigs for, for Denver. Right. And so, it, I mean, I guess as a Heat fan, I'm hoping that they can stay out of foul trouble and they can switch the defenders, whether it be Iggy or Solomon Hill or Winnick or Leonard or Bam, and hope that they don't get into this crazy foul trouble. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm not going away from what's worked all postseason, which is just get the other team in foul trouble by driving cards to the rim and doing these offensive rebound putbacks. No, and I fully agree. I think – okay. We're going to take a quick break and, and continue this conversation because there's a whole other layer to it, and that is you saw the Miami Heat. Spo didn't use it. I actually tweeted it before the Celtics series. I said, Spo uses his own a decent amount in the regular season. We didn't see it against the Pacers. We didn't see it against the Raptors. I think he, he's going to use it against the Celtics. I am very interested to see if he uses it against the Lakers because on one hand, uh, the Lakers, I mean, I, again, I will live with Caruso, Kuzma, Rondo, KCP shooting. Like, I will live with that. But on another hand, if AD and Braun can get the ball consistently in the middle of the zone, because you know the best way to beat a zone is getting the ball in the middle of it. If you have a playmaker who understands basketball and, and Braun and Anthony Davis do, the, the zone is pretty beatable. You know, there's a, there's a lot of holes once you get it there. I wonder if he uses that, but I, I'd be very scared to use it when you're going up against Bron and AD because those are two huge zone busters. Anyways, got to take a quick break. We'll be back, um, and we'll continue to get after it. We're back. Back to so we were. I was bringing up the zone, and I don't know what. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you've watched this Lakers team all year. I don't know how many times during the regular season they came up. Um, against a zone, but if you were uh, theoretically, if you were the coach trying to best slow down this Lakers offense, how would you approach it? Are you mixing in zone here and there? How, what is your basic philosophy against this Lakers team? Well, the philosophy, in my opinion, I think that, and this is going to be kind of an off the beaten path philosophy. I'm down. But I don't think it matters as much whether it's a zone or a man defense. I think it's transition defense is how you beat the Lakers. You need to make them a half-court offense. They I love that. They struggle in the half-court. And so one thing, I, I, watched, I watched Brad Stevens' transition defense strategy that he used for the Celtics. Obviously, the Celtics lost, lost the series. They just ran into a freight train that was the Miami Heat. But... His philosophy, from what I watched, was that he didn't care for his team to go get the offensive rebound. He wanted them to get back in transition so there were no transition buckets, right? Right. So when you're facing the Lakers, who are the number one transition offense in the league, that's how they score a lot of their points. That's how they came back against the Nuggets, that 20-point 20 20 point comeback that they almost pulled off. Almost all of it was transition, turnover, <laughs> fast break, scoring. <laughs> But if you watch the Lakers in half-court sets, they really do struggle. And that has been my biggest have, issue, yeah. They, they don't have a lot of playmakers outside of LeBron and 
Rondo, um, who you were comfortable giving the ball to with five seconds on the shot clock to go make a play. So I'm not even sure if it matters. I mean, they should probably do more zone than man because the Lakers are not a great three-point shooting team. But I think it more matters, like, this Lakers team is bigger than the Heat team is. They are going to get the rebound. You shouldn't waste time having your players try for these offensive boards to allow these leaks that the Lakers have where KCP, Caruso, Kuzma get to run out on the break for the Hail Mary pass. And we, it's not even just on misses. I mean, Oh, that's what I was talking about earlier, yeah. On baskets. Made baskets. Yeah. So if, if I'm the Heat, I'm doing everything in my power to slow the game down and make it a half court game so you don't have these avalanche runs from the Lakers where they rip off eight straight points in transition. No, I, I completely agree. And and it's it sounds easy. It really does sound easy. Like, hey, just get back. But with Braun and Rondo, I, I was just shocked against the Nuggets, man. Like that a made basket and and boom yeah, and within a half a second the ball's past half half court again and and they're getting a good look ad's rondo's lobbing into ad it's not even just the small guys like usually like when dwight howard's in there he's the first guy up the court yeah sprinting these guys are in incredible shape right now and i just think if i'm the heat i know they like to shoot a lot of threes and whatnot but i don't think that necessarily benefits them because if they're missing these threes that lead to leak Leak out opportunities then you get the lakers at their strength versus their weakness which is the half court offense i completely agree and i i I think obviously Spo's going to be. Is that, is that a crazy like a? I I know I didn't really answer your question about the zone versus man. But no, I no, I think you're right. That that is the most important thing, and I think Spo will make sure his guys are are, are tuned into that. But then, like I said, like it's just easier said than done, and I I think I hope not, but I I feel like the the Miami Heat are going to have to experience that for themselves because they're going to be like, yeah, we'll get back, we'll get back, but. They, one overhead pass from Braun and perfect overhead pass of Braun and and boom they they've got a good look. Um, they're just track stars when they get out of the open court and they're always perfect in their lanes and it's like yeah all of a sudden even off a made basket the Lakers are getting these transition buckets where it's like how did that just happen like the camera wasn't even panned to it yeah no literally literally um, no I'm with you I think that's that's definitely the most that that should be Spo's priority and I think that they're going to pay a lot of attention to that. Um, but doesn't that, in a sense, if the Heat were going to try and run that to minimize the transition, a lot of their game is this three-point shooting. They're a very no, that is their game. efficient three-point shooting team, but you run the risk of the long clank-off back iron, and then all of a sudden everybody's sprinting in transition. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, obviously you're probably a little bit more susceptible to that, but I don't think you can switch up your whole offense. Yeah. just to you know try. there's other ways you can try to mitigate you know what the lakers are doing i wanted to transition to clutch time and i i'm not saying i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a stat and i'm not saying this is you know an end-all be-all stat i'm just interested uh to hear your take miami has played uh, a lot more clutch minutes this postseason despite i i think only losing one last game um, but 41 clutch minutes for the Heat this year, er, this postseason in the bubble, which is defined as uh, the score being um, within three with three minutes or less in the game. 
Uh, they're a plus 42 in those 41 clutch minutes. Lakers have had 17 clutch minutes. They are a plus four. We get back to to your point earlier where in the in the half court, I, I mean, we talked about it on the pod last week against the Nuggets, man, like that game where AD won it, won it for him. I mean, I, still a lot of those looks in the half court were just I mean, not – Great. Like the offense, it looked like every possession they were up five and they were just trying to bleed the clock out with a minute left. And and I, does that have cause for concern? Because, again, th- I still think the Lakers are going to get out and run. That's that's what they do. They have LeBron James. They have Rajon Rondo. That's their DNA. But when you get to these last three minutes, these last five minutes, and, the, and there's it's clutch time, and, and you have Ron, where is your confidence level in, in this half-court offense and and i mean just give me your take on on you know to that sack how do you feel about clutch clutch basketball right now because you haven't really had to do di- I and mean, you rolled through the blazers you rolled through the rockets and and honestly you rolled through the nuggets i i and i think we're both in agreement that this is going to be the toughest series but i think that also means now you're gonna have games that are, are closer than they've had. I mean, they had that game against the Nuggets, but I could see all of these games being decided within within five days. Uh, yeah, sub yeah, five I, points. I mean, I, I don't think that – I mean, that's been the narrative all, all season long. Is once it gets down to the nitty-gritty, what's the half-court offense going to look like? And ultimately, it's going to come down to whether or not the, the Danny Greens and the KCPs of the world can hit their corner pocket three-pointers. Um, Danny Green. But, I mean, my, what I harp on all the time, and probably to an, an annoying extent, is how much I value teams that are that are good at shooting free throws. I mean, how many times this postseason have we seen games come down to teams making Dude. or missing free throws? It's like you have and, my notes. And it's like the, the Lakers are the 28th best free throw shooting team in the league, whereas Miami is like... 10th or 11th, they're just above average. But if you look at the Lakers, I mean, AD is, is a great free throw shooter, but everybody else is kind of so-so. KCP is above average. Right. But so, I mean, the Lakers shoot 73% from the line, and if it comes down to this you know, clutch time with what you're talking about, that is more terrifying than the half-court offense. And the Heat, the, in these playoffs, they have been – I believe they have the highest differential at the free throw line in the in the whole playoffs. And the Lakers, when Dwight Howard is on the floor, have fouled more than anyone else in the playoffs. And I think as a team, I was listening to Low Post Pod. I think in general have fouled more than any other team. But when, but when Dwight's on the floor, it, it shoots up. So, I mean, we talked about it, Heat Bucks, and it was a big part of that series. The Heat have been huge. They they have counted at, at almost every game. They have been a plus differential at the, at the free throw line. And, and so I, I think that's a bigger deal than a lot of people think, especially in these clutch grinded out games, which I think you're going to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, in this postseason, AD has gotten to the line the most out of anybody in the league, but in second place is Jimmy Butler, yeah. um, which I was kind of surprised to see, but it makes sense if you're watching these games. Um, Jimmy just knows that, how to get, yeah, Get yeah, there. just barrel down, get to the rim. I feel a little bit more confident after watching that closeout game against the Nuggets that LeBron feels, all right, I can still do this. I that, can hit yeah. big shots, you know, which was a, you know, it's almost like a weight off probably Vogel's shoulders because he's like, all right, if LeBron can still do this at his age, 
and he, you know, feels confident that the Lakers half court, you know, yeah. the troubles that they have will be okay if you just. Uh, like, I, I mean, like, it was like zero doubt. Like LeBron just was like, all right, it's time. Like let me go, let oh, me yeah. go get this, um, and it, and it was. Yeah, you, you you knew those shots were going in when he took them. He looked just dead confident. Like shots. Yeah. No, I, I, but, uh, no I, I think it's a fair point that, I mean, the, they did win those games against Denver, who's, you know, a, a decent at best defensive team, and the Heat have, you know, better defensive team, and it'll be interesting to see what that half-court offense looks like. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, I'm not excited about games getting down to the clutch because of how inconsistent their half-court offense has been when it's mattered, but... I mean, more often than not, I'm going to side with LeBron, LeBron. on that. And just, you know, you, you win and you die with, with or you, you win or you lose with, uh, yeah. with LeBron taking those shots. And uh, that's not a bad way. That's not a bad piece to have to, to win or lose with. I, yeah. I agree. I, I, I just, I'm so excited for this series because you look at it and it, it's not often in a series, right? One team has the, the first and second best players. Like, I think that's pretty clear. But then the Heat have, the third best player in the series, the fourth best player in the series, the fifth best player in the series. I'd probably say the sixth best player. So we're, we're going Jimmy Butler, Bam, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic. I I think Jay Crowder is probably better than anyone else on the Lakers right now, but you can make an argument. Maybe Caruso, maybe Rondo, maybe KCP. I like KCP I mean, more I, than I, most. I, I think I still take I, Crowder. I mean, the, I just, if you're looking at full, you know, full season numbers, the, I just I'm. I'm even going right now. I'm just going right now. I, I'm looking at the impact that Dwight had on that last series right now in the limited minutes that he had and the huge impact that he was able to have. Yeah, yeah, he's not a top five player in the series, maybe not top six, but I, I just. Here's my I, thing I with Dwight. To, I would like to reevaluate what those rankings are after the first game, depending yeah. on how they. Play Dwight. Dwight can. Whoever the, the Heat throw at him. Dwight is. Dwight has the. I mean, you saw it against the Nuggets. He has, has the ability to be hugely impactful. But at the same time, I mean, he just does some things sometimes that make you just scratch your head. And you'll take the good with the bad, 100%, especially on this Lakers team as they're constructed right now. I just think that Spo is such a good coach, and, and maybe I'm, I'm putting too much stock into this. I, I really think Spo will be able to create certain situations, both on offense and on defense, that put Dwight in a tough position, in a position where he's going to have to really be locked in. And and, there, and I'm not saying he hasn't been locked in, but really be locked in if he wants to not stay on the floor. But I, I feel like Spo is going to be able to create certain scenarios, both Dwight on defense and – Maybe not so much on offense because you know what Dwight's role is on offense. Just crash the fuck out of the boards and and use your body. But uh, I think he's going to have to be very locked in on defense if he wants to be as impactful if he, as he was against the Denver Nuggets. Can, can I ask you a question? I, would lo- I love that. I, I know this is kind of cliche, but who do you think is, is the X factor in this series that sways the way the series goes? That's one. That is a cliche question, but two. I, I don't think it's a bad question. Um, I, I it's tough because I, I think there's a lot of different, especially with a team like the Heat, where you have so many. You know, you know, it's not like the Lakers where it's Braun AD role players, right? It's 
there's so many guys that could step up on any given night. I would say, are, are you thinking more of what role player steps up or is it just in general who's well, swinging well, this me, series? Well, 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 let me give you what, what I think about it. Okay. I, I think that it is whoever is, whoever Dwight is going to defend. So whoever they, they start the game with, if it's going to be Olenek, if it's going to be Crowder, if one of those two guys is able to consistently hit their shots, basically playing Dwight off the court, That's that right. takes away the Lakers' biggest advantage, which is their size and their strength and their ability to get to the line and get their quote-unquote bigs in foul trouble. I, so if I would be Olenek, shocked, bro. I, I think I'd say a 99.9% chance the starting lineup for the Miami Heat is, is Drogic. Uh, Drogic, Duncan, Butler, Jay, Bam. So, with, with Bam guarding AD is what you're saying. I, I think Bam. No, I think I think that'll be the five. I, I still think Jay will guard AD, Bam will guard Dwight to start. But I don't know who Frank starts on on Dwight. I think I think Dwight probably starts on Bam. Honestly, on the other end, whoever, whoever. I just think maybe then the biggest X factor isn't even a certain player. You know, the Heat are able to get the Lakers bigs that are not named AD off the court, it completely swings the series. Exactly. In my Which I think there's a the chance. Lakers, there definitely is. I mean, it, whoever it is, if they're able to extend Dwight out of the paint and Vogel says, all right, I have to go AD at the five and I have to get Kuzma or, or Marquise at the four, yeah. that completely gets rid of the Lakers' size advantage that they've been able to win these first three rounds with. And, and I know you've seen it, bro, because they essentially – Kelly Olynyk can do it too. Bam Adebayo, and, and this is, again, assuming Dwight guards Bam to start because Bam is the five and Dwight's the five. You see Bam essentially running read options like he's Cam Newton at the top of the key with, with Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero. And if the guards aren't able to fight over that pick consistently, I mean, those guys are just too good of snipers. So I, I just I do think there are scenarios where Eric Spolster is able to put Dwight Howard in a pickle and there, there are also scenarios where Dwight Howard is able to use his size on the other end. But I, like you said, I, I think that's the X factor, too. I, I agree. And that's, what, that's when you're going to see whether Vogel can actually make these adjustments. Because if it starts happening in, in the first half of game one where he's not going to be able to head, or get, get over the screen um, and they just start running down from three, he's going to be unplayable. JaVale's already unplayable if that's happening, and so then you're going to have to put Markeith in there. And, and I, huge I, I don't think Markeith is ready to – yeah, and I, I don't think Markeith is ready for the four. Like, nah, he, may, he might be a solid matchup against Jay, but – Dude, I don't I, know. He's I, been really inconsistent. It's Markeith Morris. Like, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I understand, but, I mean, no, I, I, I think that that's the way that he can swing the series. I agree. I I completely agree, and I'm I'm so excited more so than really any series for the X's and O here. X's and O's here. Um, give me your official prediction. On the spot, gun to your head. I thought we were getting away from using that thing. Yeah, I think we are. What <laughs> plastic water gun to your head? Okay, I got Lakers in seven, but I might have a different tone after tomorrow. 
Why? Why? Okay, so I guess my question to you then. Um, Okay, I was about to. I was literally about to ask you that question. Why? And I understand. Everyone knows you're a Lakers fan, but at the same time, you're. I assume you're analyzing this. Um, I, you you have to this point really haven't. I mean, you're obviously a Lakers fan, but I never feel like there's bias in your analysis. Why do you feel like there's such a decided edge there when, like we said, I mean, he'd have faced a, a tougher schedule, have rolled just as just as easy as the Lakers. Again, this isn't LeBron's best supporting cast. There's half-court issues. Why, why do you feel like this series is going closer to five than seven? Where's the decided advantage in your in your mind? Um, I, I just really do think that, that the size is a big deal. And if Dwight wasn't playing as well as he has been, I would probably be closer to Lakers in seven or maybe even eight and seven. Um. But, uh, you know, people want to talk about the Heat being a, a, you know, a good defensive team and have this great mentality or whatever, this winning mentality. But, dude, I mean... You're I, not sold I, on I, the Heat culture. No, I, I am. <laughs> I am. Maybe not to the same extent that everybody else yeah. is. Like, I, I am. I, I said to start the podcast that I, that I actually think that Spo is the best coach in the league. But I... I just I, I just heard this all postseason, and I'm sure you were the same way with the Warriors, where people want to throw their doubts. They want to say Portland's the best eight seed of all time. The Rockets are going to give the Lakers a run for their money. The Nuggets are going to give the Lakers a run for their money, and they've just they've just bested all of them. And, and they just haven't given me a reason to have any real doubt because their defense has been unreal in this postseason. It's That's another so thing, man. Frank Vogel. It's been unreal. It's unbelievable. You, you there's so many times where you think, oh shit, we got an open look, and boom, eighties there to erase it at the rim, or even Braun. Like this team, even if you get, even if you beat, like you, I thought they were gonna have trouble with the Jokic Jamal Murray, and they started switching it, and I was like, oh, they're gonna have trouble, right? But even when it looks like they're beat, man, that that defense is just so good at flying around, and they don't give up. Like, okay, yeah, Jamal Murray had probably one of the best series that I have ever seen. Not because the numbers were great, but if you actually look the level at the of difficulty that, that guy was making, yeah. the level of difficulty on the shots that he was making was ridiculous. And the reason for that was because the Lakers were putting him in those tough spots, and he just made the shots. But like with what you were saying, they just fly around. They have the, the number one ranked deflections in the league. And it's not just AD being a great defender. Everybody just knows where they need to be on the Dude, court. Great health defense. That Lakers so I, team, they're the kings of like, you saw it a lot with that Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll, right? So they, they'd run the pick and roll. They'd you they get an inch of space, right? And you'd think, okay, Yoke has a good look. But the, you know how usually when... You, you've got that decided advantage, and it's almost like you're playing five on four. It happen, It just happens at times, right? And that, that would happen time after time again. And so they, the Nuggets would continue to move it, usually because th- usually it ends up in an open shot. But then it, the Lakers are somehow the kings of making the team continue to pass, and then they realize, oh, shit, they, they've passed it around, and, and they haven't gotten a more wide-open look. And, and then you realize the first look was their best look. And I, I agree. I, I think the defense is really good. I think why I, I have Lakers in seven and why, honestly, I would not be shocked at all if the Heat win is 
is more so what I've seen from the Heat and less so, you know, something I see on the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers, you know, like you said, you know what you're going to get from the Lakers. And it's a very, 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 very good basketball team led by the best player in the NBA and arguably a top five player in the NBA. I just think, one, I, I haven't seen the Lakers. I mean, it's easier to say this now, but we haven't seen the Lakers face a team that can shoot the way the Heat can. And I, I also just, maybe it's just, maybe it's irrational, but I, I really feel very confident in Spoh's ability to put together an effective game plan. And it's just going to come down to executing that game plan because call me crazy. I, I understand Braun is amazing. I understand AD is amazing. And I, I, I mean, I've been harping on it all year, so I can be, I, I can very easily be wrong. I just, I think with that supporting cast, I think Spo can find ways where it's like, all right, Danny Green, beat me. All right, KCP, beat me. And I'm not saying you're going to completely take Braun out. It's not like Braun's going to average, you know, 17 and 8 and 6. Like, he, he's going to get his. But I I feel confident Spo is going to be able to put together a game plan that's going to force others to have to step up more than I think the Lakers want those players to step up. I, I, but we'll see. Spoh's a, gr- a great coach. I, I do want to make a point, though. Uh, yeah. This is something that, that I talked about a lot when we did our um, draft that we did. I really like players that have been in these moments before. Um, and did the Heat have any of them? I mean, they have okay. Giannis Haslam. That's a fair point. My response to that would be have – uh, this team defies logic. Like, have any of these guys shown an inkling of of letting the moment get to them? Is that suddenly going to change because it's now the finals? Like, this is a team that didn't even have confetti during the Eastern. Like, I, I this just team does not strike me as a team that's like, oh shit, we're in the finals. Like, ah, uh, and and then it starts to affect them. Like, Tyler Hero is playing like he's at the park. Like, Jim, like the. This just strikes me as one of the more mentally tough teams I've seen in a really long time. And I, I, I think even you saw in game six against the Celtics, there was a point where in the third quarter, the Celtics were up like five or six, and they really had the momentum. And I think a lot of teams right there maybe wouldn't fold, but like it, there just doesn't seem to be a fear. Like I, I talked about it with Tyler here, but really the whole team, it doesn't seem like the, to be a fear of failure. It's just let's – we know what we do. Let's grind it out, and we'll live with the result. If we lose, we lose. But, like, I haven't seen one guy be afraid to take a shot. Or, you know, and 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 you saw with the Celtics. I think that was you that we were talking about it. There were so many times where they'd have a lead, and it's like, all right, let's just get to the finish line. And I, I just don't – it's not the most talented team we've seen, but it just doesn't strike me as a team that's scared, which I think – what would you say when you say been in the moment? what is the most valuable thing about being in the moment? Would you say comfortability in the moment or ability to make the plays or, or why is that something you value? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a mixture of both and you're right that I don't think I, I haven't seen that either. Um, but they haven't gotten there yet. They haven't yeah. been there in, in the, you know, they, they've been in the Eastern conference finals. That's great. They beat the Celtics. That's great. But I, I'm just it's saying, a different I'm not beast. sure if it, 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 yeah. it's a different beast. And then when you're seeing LeBron James 
Exactly. You know, arguably the best player of all time. When you're seeing him there, and you're seeing guys like Rondo who have been there at time, guys like you know whether it be Javale, who, whoever the hell it is. I mean, you're seeing Javale's been guys there. That have, have been in the moment before, have won these series before, and I'm sure they probably will rely a lot on Udonis Haslam for advice on how to handle this moment. But I mean. I'm just looking at this. Jimmy Butler's never beaten LeBron in the series, and LeBron is probably licking his chops right now. He's like, "All right, we we, we yeah. have guys that have been here before." I will we, say, yeah, LeBron looks. We're, we're looking. We're looking at this Miami Heat team who have, you know, guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic who have never been in this moment before. We have. Duncan is the only one that scares me a little bit. I could see the moment getting to Duncan. No offense, Duncan. But I'll, you're right. I haven't seen and, LeBron and, and that often. I don't think that that's like a deal. Like it, it, I, that, that's not the reason I'm picking the Lakers to win this no. series. And again, I, I have not seen it so far. So for all I know, it might not happen at all. But yeah. I just I, I have a hard time believing that when these guys get on the court and see LeBron James, this guy that's been to 10 finals, they're not going to have some sort of intimidation factor. I feel you. I feel you. And the best part about it is we won't have to wonder for that much longer, man. We got game one tomorrow. Well, I guess I will have this post in the morning. Game one tonight. Get excited. If you if you listen this far, I got officially Lakers in seven. Tyler's got Lakers in six. I'm so excited. Um, and I appreciate you all being here with us. Do you have anything else you want to touch on before we head out into the night? Tomorrow is – well, two things, two things. Yeah. One, register, register to vote. Yes, you sir. Register to vote. And two, uh, tomorrow's a really high-anxiety day for me because I have game one of the finals and then game one of the Dodgers postseason. Dude, but it's a – I mean, it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Who are they starting? Brent Sutter? Like, you're going to be all right. Dude, it's a three-game series. You're, that's fair. That is fair. That does it's, make things no, – and it's baseball. The Dodgers, the Dodgers postseason record isn't, exact, isn't exactly sterling silver. It's terrifying. I mean, at least that's lately terrifying. you've been getting there and then just losing once you get there. Uh, yeah, no, the, tomorrow's going to be, I, I hope tomorrow ends up being yeah. a great day. But it Get some be, good uh, sleep tonight, bro. Get some good sleep. <laughs> I appreciate uh, you. Thanks for having me on, Of bro. course, I appreciate you as always. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we will be back. I don't know if it's with Tyler, but we'll be back in a week uh, breaking down the, the, the first two or three games. Love you all. Go, go Heat. Go Brewers. No, you know, I'll root for the lit. I'll root for the Dodgers. <laughs> All right, I'll root for the dog. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Peace.